Welcome to the Side Hustle Project, a podcast where we explore the nitty-gritty details behind what it takes to start and grow a profitable side hustle. I'm your host, Ryan Robinson, and in this podcast, I'm bringing you interviews with entrepreneurs, best-selling authors, CEOs, investors, and people just like you who are building and profiting from interesting side hustles. In today's episode, we're talking to Mariah Kaz, the expert online course creator who runs a seven-figure-a-year business, teaching her audience how to master everything from email list building to delivering webinars, launching an online course, and more. Now, before Mariah got into teaching others how to build a scalable online course business, she was doing her own early courses that took one of her passions, converting vans into sleepers that she could live and travel out of, into an education system. Her rapid success of turning her first course into a multi-six-figure business right out the gates quickly brought her into the world of teaching the marketing strategies she was employing to get massive results. Since then, Mariah has taught hundreds of students and has had her work featured in publications like Inc., Entrepreneur, and Business Insider. In this episode, Mariah and I talk about how she got started with teaching online courses on a subject she cared deeply about, along with the exact marketing strategies and tactics that have helped her to build a seven-figure online course business. We explore how to validate your online course idea before going out and spending a ton of time creating content so that you can be sure you're creating a course people will actually pay for. We dig into her best advice for first-time course creators, talk through her highest impact launch strategies, forging partnerships to expand your audience, and more. As always, you can find everything we mentioned in today's episode in the show notes at ryrob.com slash podcast. That's spelled R-Y-R-O-B dot com slash podcast. Let's get into today's interview with Mariah Cause. Mariah, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. <laughs> that makes two of us. You're someone that I've gotten to know and observe kind of just digitally online for several years now. So it's great to finally connect like this. Um, and I want to start from the beginning with you. So where are you originally from? Um, oh, you mean like where did I live? <laughs> yes. Um, so I'm from Massachusetts and I love the cold north. Um, everyone else dreams of like, oh, when I like have passive income, I'm going to like go live on the beach or somewhere warm or whatever. And I just like, I like living uh, in the cold North, but um, I definitely, I was, there was parts of my life where I was more nomadic and I was actually traveling around um, in my car, which I had kind of converted into like a little tiny micro van. It's actually just a Honda element. So it's super, super tiny, but um, I've been, you know, I traveled around living in my car for a little bit. So I've definitely had nomadic uh, experiences as well as, you know, always having sort of always coming back to Massachusetts where I feel like my heart is here. Yeah. Then you must not be afraid of a a good winter. So we're recording this in January. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm ready for the snowstorm. We're going to get this weekend. I'm excited. (laughs) Awesome. Um, So Mariah, fast forwarding a little bit, um, you're from the Boston area, Massachusetts area, at least, Um, you know, do you remember the very first, say, side project or business of your own that you kind of like dabbled with? What age was this? Yeah, um, it was definitely, it was like back in college and basically I'd started this blog um, as a, as a project 
uh, through school. I was like, I wanted to do it through school. Um, but I wanted to, I wanted to renovate. I mentioned that I had like lived in my car a little bit, which I converted into a micro van. But even before that, um, I was really into vintage trailers. And so, um, you guys might kind of think about like an old Airstream, like the big shiny silver, you know, silver, um, you know, pills or whatever. And then there's also different kinds of campers like that from the fifties and sixties that I just always thought those are so cool. And I really wanted to get one. I really wanted to live in one. Um, and especially as like a college kid, you're kind of like, Oh, like this is like my way of having independence, but I can't really afford anything. So like, I'm just going to live in this trailer and I'll have like my own space. Um, So I got really um, into those and I started a blog and it wasn't like the intention wasn't to turn it into a business. Um, But I did start a blog about how I had, I'd gotten this camper off Craigslist. I was renovating it. This is like, you know, five years ago. So it's like, Mm -hmm. there's a, I was just kind of blogging about it, sharing pictures. Like I didn't know what I was doing. It was like not very strategic at all. Um, But eventually there was a lot of people who were asking me all these questions. And I was actually getting um, asked to go speak at conferences and events and teaching workshops and all these different things. So I was traveling around a lot and I started creating this curriculum essentially that was like, okay, every time we go, we teach this workshop. Okay. We're, we go and teach this content at this event or at this like conference and stuff like that. So I was teaching it live a lot. And eventually I think I read like, you know, the four hour work week and, um, what's the other one? Like hundred dollars startup. These are like, OG (laughs) books of the day. Um, when I read those, I was like, Oh, I'm like traveling around teaching this, teaching about how, how to renovate your camper, how to live in your camper, um, how to get rid of your stuff. So like you can move into your camper, like just kind of that whole life. And it was also kind of at this time when, um, like tiny houses were becoming more and more popular. This is like before they were super popular, but it actually had a lot of overlap. So people started asking me like, Hey, like, you know, you know about solar panels. Can you help me answer questions about my tiny house, solar panels or something like that? Um, and I was going to this sort of alternative school at the time, learning about sustainable architecture and off-grid systems and all that kind of stuff. So I had this blog and eventually I was like, I think I can create this thing called a course about all the stuff that I've been teaching in person, you know, for at least a year at that point, I just been traveling around teaching it in person. So um, it seemed like it made sense to package everything up, put it into a course and sell it. Um, I didn't expect much, but it did actually become like a six figure business, just teaching people about how to declutter, how to downsize, how to live in a camper, the sort of lifestyle around that. We had a course that was more about the technical side of setting it up and building out your camper tiny house. And then we had a course that was more about the emotional and transition kind of side of it, of getting rid of your stuff and what it means. Which is actually very important. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And now it's such a popular, like when we're recording this, it's like minimalism and decluttering and downsizing and like, even like Marie Kondo and all that stuff is like very popular, but you know, back, back in the day, it wasn't, it wasn't as like top of mind as it is now. So I thought that that was, you know, that was just really interesting. We didn't expect it, but over that first year, um, became really successful, um, course. And then of course what happens is, um, people started asking me, especially in the sort of architecture sustainability world, 
Mm-hmm. People, those people with their own blogs started asking me, hey, how did you do the course thing? Um, how can I do that? And so I helped some of my friends in those in that industry create their online courses, um, help them, and then they were having success. And then eventually just kind of turned into more and more people are asking me, how did I create this course? Um, how am I running it behind the scenes? How am I marketing it? And I never took like someone else's marketing course or anything. I'm very like Mm -hmm. just a natural marketer. I'm very like self-taught. I just kind of figured it out. You know, I just kind of came up with these ideas of like, well, it makes sense. Write really good emails, like tell stories. Like these are just natural things to me. So um, yeah, more and more people start asking me about that. And that's why we started um, this other business that I run currently, um, which is more about the marketing side, the course creation, how to create your course and sell it. Um, Yeah. And you know, what's fun is that we still mostly work with people in the little niches, like where I started. So like, um, I would say 99% of our clients, they're in, you know, they teach watercolor, they teach architecture, they teach, they teach like all these different cool little, like one of them teaches aviation. Like they just teach these kind of like very niche subjects. And I think a lot of that is because that's where I started and that's where I learned all this um, through my experience. So yeah. That's the kind and of I want to highlight for, for everyone story. listening like this, this is all what started because you began by like sharing your own experience and like your own experiments and like doing this yourself and documenting it. Yeah. It was just a blog. Like it was just like, I I didn't know that it was going to become more than that. And I think that's common with a lot of people who become successful is they're kind of like, I'm just sharing my passion. I didn't expect to grow an audience. I didn't know how many people were going to be interested in this. Um, And then all of a sudden you're like, well, I guess I'll create a product or something like that. And you're just kind of surprised at the response. So I do think it's like, it sounds so stupid, but it's like, just kind of follow, not follow your passion. I'm not going to say that, but (laughs) I feel like that's too trite, but it's really just following like, what's that thing that you're obsessed with? What's that thing that you could talk about all day? What's that thing that you feel like you just want to share with people? Um, And honestly, it just kind of comes back to you naturally when you go to create that product. So Mariah, I want to talk now about, um, you know, how your business is doing itself, because I remember seeing somewhere in my research um, leading up to this interview that, that you generated about $700,000 in revenue back in 2016 with your business. So we're, yeah, we're I was recording actually, right now. What's I'm that? Sure. <laughs> I'm not sure whose article that was, <laughs> but we, yeah, we had, um, we had our first uh, seven figure year in 2016, which is amazing. Um, and we're a seven figure business. We have, we have a team of about, um, you know, we have a team of about five to six people and a couple contractors. So that's really good to remember is like over the years, I built up the amount of support that I have and the amount of people who, you know, really make that possible. Um, because in that, that first big year that we had, um, it, you know, when it's just kind of you and maybe one other VA or something, it's, it's a little stressful. So <laughs> it's good to kind of build that support around you. Totally. Now, you know, going a little bit deeper into this online course subject matter, um, I kind of want to start from the top because you've done courses on everything from, you know, getting your first thousand email subscribers to building digital products, running successful webinars, sales funnels, creating courses, like you name it, you've, you've touched on a lot of stuff by this point. Um, so, so how do you personally go about deciding which topics to teach a course on? 
It's definitely um, uh, something about, it's definitely about listening. So like listening to your audience. Um, It's also about digging into the data. So like if you have a blog or a podcast or a YouTube channel or an Instagram, like if you have some sort of platform and you haven't even really thought about monetizing it, I always tell people like, look at your traffic stats. What's your number one blog post? What's your number one pin? Like what's your, what's your number one YouTube video or podcast episode of all time? That could be expanded into the topic that you decide to create a course about. Um, And then the next step is something that uh, is a system and process that we teach called copy stocking. And basically it's just a form of market research where you're really looking at all the communities and places where your ideal customer is hanging out. So that might be a Facebook group. It might be a forum. It might be like, you know, the comments on Amazon or something like that, but just really going in and doing a lot of market research to see what are people complaining about? What are people asking questions about? um, What are people saying is like their biggest frustration or their biggest desire? Like what are people looking for? So it's sort of a combination of like pay attention to your own audience and what is resonating with what you're already creating. Um, And then also go and do the research, dig into the data, figure out what other people who aren't in your audience are also asking for. And what we find is that if you do that for like a week or two, patterns start to emerge and you'll start to realize like, wow, 80% of people are looking for like this thing that doesn't really exist yet. Like there's a myth, there's a gap here. There's a missing piece that doesn't really exist. And if I make that, I think people are going to like it. At what point in this process then of like mapping out your curriculum, figuring out what the kind of like angle on your topic is going to be for the course, like at what point do you start involving, say, like beta students or, you know, pre-selling the course to people? What point do you start kind of involving others? Um, right away, <laughs> as soon as possible. So we have something called the rapid validation process. Um, it's a system that we teach in our accelerator program. And basically it's within two weeks of coming up with your course idea, you're already going into the rapid validation pre-selling process. So we want you to go, a lot of people will say things and I don't like this because the only true form of validation for your course idea is actual sales. So people will tell you, oh, go do a survey, like do a survey or get on, get on Skype calls with your ideal customer and ask them questions. And that's how you'll validate your idea. None of that matters. Um, The only thing that matters is like actual real pre-sales. So yeah, you got to have like actual purchases to validate your course idea. So really most of our clients within like, you know, two to three weeks of coming up with their course idea, they're already pre-selling it. Um, And we have a whole system for how to do that. And then if you successfully pre-sell, the pre-sale usually lasts like three or four days. And it's just a really quick way to see like, does anyone buy this? There's no sales page. There's, it's very simple. It's just like, do people buy this if I put it out there? And if you're successful and you hit your minimum threshold for that, and you're like, okay, I wanted to make 10 sales in order to justify creating the course. Then from there, you go into the next stage of creating the content and then you'll do a bigger launch. And then you'll go from there, create the evergreen funnel. Like then you get to do all the other stuff. But really within like, I just, I I don't like people sitting around for months and months, like tinkering and wondering if anyone's going to buy their course, you know, you should find that out as fast as possible because sometimes you have to do a pre-sale where it doesn't work and you have to pivot. 
Yep. And now I, I want to touch on something that I know we could talk for hours about, <laughs> but if you could quickly kind of like talk about some of the ways that you would build this audience that you're going to pre-sell your course to, because most people, when they're starting with their first course, right, they don't have a huge audience. Um, so where do you go to start building that audience? That's a great, a great question. And there's a lot of things that our clients do and our students do to get that kind of initial burst of email subscribers so that they have an audience to launch to. Um, The main ways are webinars. So webinars, even if you don't have a product to sell, webinars are like the greatest way to build your email list. You'll find that a lot of people who maybe follow you on social media, but aren't on your email list, they're excited to register for a webinar. So they're more likely to come onto your email list if they're just a casual follower on social media. Um, So that's a really good one and a really great way to quickly grow your email list as webinars. Um, Another way to do it is obviously kind of something simple that you guys may have heard of is creating a freebie or a lead magnet. So someone opts in with their email, they get a little freebie um, in return. Now, what I always tell people is think about a lead magnet or a freebie. That's super, super simple. It should be one single page. It can be a checklist. It can be a cheat sheet. It could be a diagram. It can be Uh, you know, grocery shopping list, like it just has to be something really, really simple, one page, but it should be something that's almost like a reference or something that's actually usable so that people print it out and maybe they keep it on their desk or they hang it up on their wall or, you know, they keep it up on their fridge because it's a reference or it's something that they need to bring outside to the garden with them because it's a diagram of how they're going to build, you know, their garden system. It's like something that's actually good enough for them to print out and then have with them um, somewhere in their home or in their life that they're going to see on a day-to-day basis or at least once in a while. Um, so a really good example from that, <laughs> from um, one of my team team members, Megan, um, is she downloaded this freebie that was just a laundry cheat sheet and she just hangs it up over her washer. So every single day that she goes to do laundry, she is reminded of this blogger and how helpful she is. So it's something that's printable and useful and that's it's actually not going to just, not just going to sit on your computer and you're never going to use it, you know, and simple is better. Some people think they have to create a free ebook or they have to create, you know, a free course. or they have to create like a ton of free content. One simple page, if it's good enough to print it out and use it, that's the key. I love it. Simple is always better. Yeah. So Mariah, I want to keep this linear progression going now. Uh, once you get to like the launch phase, you've got your curriculum built out, um, you know, you've pre-sold it, you validated it, mm-hmm. you're ready to launch your course. What kinds of strategies, tactics, tools do you employ when you're ready to launch a course? What do you recommend that someone who's doing this for say their first or second time kind of focus their time on? Totally. Them? And again, the name of the game is like, keep it simple. Okay. Yes. Um, and the other name of the game in 2019 and beyond is that launching is a dialogue. So it used to be that you could like pre-record a bunch of content and just like put it out there. You could just like send some emails and like people would buy, but now people really want that personal connection, right? So launching is a dialogue now. It's not just me shouting at you, telling me, telling you buy something. It's like, let's have a conversation. And that's happening more and more, especially with things like Instagram stories. Like when you're listening to this episode, who knows what the new thing will be, right? But like Facebook live or, you know, any of those ways where it's like we were communicating with the people that we're buying from in a much more personal way. Um, so there's really only three things you need to do um, to keep your launch simple and to keep it successful. So the first thing is 
um, connection. Okay. So the first thing is just connection. That is, we can do that with a webinar. We can do that with, um, you know, we can do that with like, uh, uh, Facebook live. We can do it with Instagram story. We can do it with YouTube live. I'm trying to think of other platforms that people, you know, are using to kind of have those conversations. So you have to have some kind of connection. And a lot of people do that with a webinar. That's my favorite way to do it. Um, it's kind of my best format of delivery, but a lot of people you do it well with the video delivery, right? Yes, I do like okay. a video delivery. Um, sometimes you can do it with other formats like writing or things like that. But I think there's something special about making that connection through video, even if it's through a casual Instagram story. Um, doesn't have to be fancy. The next part is having an email sequence. So the email sequence is kind of like the backbone of your launch. And really what it is, is a story arc. So it's actually this, the email sequence, it's just kind of like the thread that goes through your entire launch. And it tells a story from the, in let's say the email sequence altogether, it goes out over like two weeks. It starts actually before you open your cart and then it goes to the very end, but it tells this whole story. It tells stories about your customers and your clients. It tells stories about you and your background and why you care about this and why you're passionate. And like, it's just telling stories. So it's really amazing. Um, it's really good at selling, but it doesn't feel like selling. It just is you telling really good stories as long as you know how to do that. Um, so there's the story arc. And then the final piece, the third thing is urgency. So we have two different kinds of urgency in our launches. We have an early bird period. So people can actually um, save a little bit if they buy during the first couple days of the launch, there's an early bird period. Most of our clients see a big spike in sales the day that the early bird price disappears. And then the last couple days, um, it's a regular price launch and then the cart closes. So there's the urgency of the price increasing. And then at the end of the launch, there's the urgency of the doors closing. So it's really that simple. I like, <laughs> so it. Three simple I like the idea too of, of incorporating, basically you're engineering two spikes rather than yes. just one when it closes. Yes. And that's the thing is most people will see like a bunch of sales on the first day and a bunch of sales on the last day, but there's this really powerful way to, you know, create a whole other big, big launch day in the middle of your launch. That's genius. I yeah. like it. All right. It well, Mariah, great. I want to ask you a couple of my frequently <laughs> asked questions now. Um, I designed them to be short on my end, but your responses do not need to be equally so. Okay. <laughs> What's your number one piece of advice today for someone listening who wants to build a profitable course business of their own? What should be their number one focus? Um, I think just building, building that connection, even though it's like, um, so I'm like deeply introverted, <laughs> but I can still do things. There's for me, for some reason, there's something about doing a webinar, which is I'm still alone in my room. I'm presenting to maybe a thousand people are watching, but I'm still just kind of chilling in my room. It's not like I have to go to a conference and talk to people. So even if you're an introvert, I would say just think about how you can still create connection with your audience. Even if you feel like, oh, I'm not really good at that. I don't really know. Like I'm the biggest introvert you'll ever meet. And I'm so shy in person. I like don't, I don't do well in <laughs> social interactions, but I can do a really good webinar and I can talk on video. And I think that that's just something that you can start to build as a skill is like getting over that fear. I used to be terrified of doing any webinars or any live streams. I would never do them. Um, but once you can get over that fear and you start seeing, you know, what's more important 
it's not, the fear isn't important. The part is the good part is when you get to connect with your audience and they're asking you questions and they're saying, thank you for coming and sharing this with me today. Like, thanks for coming on this webinar and sharing this. Like, that's where you're just like, oh, this was all worth it. I love that focus too, of like leaning into your strength or what feels most comfortable to you too, Definitely. rather than like trying to like really push yourself outside, go for yeah. what's comfortable. Definitely. All right. Well, Mariah, this is my last question for you. What would you say has been the best investment you've ever made in the context of growing your business? And this can be in the form of time, money, tools, product services, or otherwise. Um, my team is by far the most expensive thing. <laughs> um, hiring people is the most expensive thing. And also like just the greatest joy in my life is that I now get to share the process of creating and the vision and building something um, with other people who are just as excited about it. And so it's definitely the biggest investment we've ever made. And it's the most expensive thing um, in our business, but super worth it. And having building this team um, is really amazing and is going to allow you to do what you love to do in a really sustainable way over the long term, because courses are amazing. And like, you can do a lot with a small dedicated team, you can do a lot on your own. Like for the first couple of years, you'll just be on your own and that's totally fine. But don't be afraid to hire that first VA. Don't be afraid to get a little bit of help, get a little bit of support. Um, it's really a game changer to have someone else in your corner. So great advice. All right. Well, yeah. Mariah, thank you for joining us. Can you tell everyone listening where they can go to learn more about you and everything you're up to? Yes. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. So if you guys want to learn more, you can go to mariahcause.com. We have all sorts of like free trainings you can watch and videos and, you know, downloads and all sorts of fun stuff to help you get started with your course or with webinars, building your audience. Um, so yeah, I'll see you guys there. Beautiful. All right. Well, thank you again. Thanks. If you enjoyed this episode of the Side Hustle Project, I would love your support. Head on over to the Apple Podcasts app and give us a rating. And as always, you can catch every episode of the Side Hustle Project on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for tuning in.